looking as sharp as ever as well. And an annoyingly good tan for the start of the season. Uh, great to have you here. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Uh, how, how are we placed? How are the Latics placed heading into the, the new season? Hello? I would lie when I would say that we had a perfect preseason. Um, I think we, we had a, a decent preseason, our first preseason together. Uh, we had a lot of changes in the staff over the summer, so we, we needed a little bit of period to find to each other, to learn about each other. I needed to find out how much we can push that team. Uh, obviously, it was, a, it was a different team than I had before. Uh, average age was much higher here. And um, obviously, we, we got a lot of work done. I think for some players, it was a little bit of culture shock, um, what we went through. Um, we lost one or two, um, but was, it was not good. Uh, also, some players over the summer, where we had a change in the medical apparatus, um, didn't return from holiday fully fit. There were still some issues, what is then carried on into the preseason. But that is all done now. Um, I think in the last two weeks everybody returned. Uh, the training, uh, the level of quality in training is raising day by day. Um, players getting in match form and I think going to Germany, playing against a team like Paderborn uh, and winning there, I think is not a bad result at all. Especially when you see how now premiership clubs struggle against German opposition in preseason. Yes, yeah, so we were talking just before we came on about Germany strife in the World Cup. Juve hasn't, still hasn't seen the... I don't make it, sorry. No, he, he doesn't like to talk about it, he really doesn't. But Juve still hasn't seen, you still haven't seen the Germany-Brazil game, have you? No. no. We're not going to I was on the plane, actually, so I had not seen it. <laughs> Come on, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, just before we open it out uh, to the room, Jonathan, a quick thought on you ahead of the new season. Actually, first of all, how are you getting on with the new gathering? Um, well, as you can see, it's ready to go for the new season. It's, uh, it's great to have somebody like uh, Uber in charge. He's uh, so meticulous about every single detail. Um, and he's built a squad that I feel this season is stronger than last season, uh, both in, in quality and, and also character as well, which is really important. So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the new season. Um, we can't wait for it to start on Saturday against Reading. Um, I think we're something like second or third favourites to, uh, to win the league, which would be nice. Um, we had a, a fantastic season last season. We had, European Tour and FA Cup semi-final and playoffs both this year, let's hope we can go one best in the league. Every time I speak to you, I can sense what a passionate fan you are as well and how much it means to you to get a successful Latics team. Let's open it out to the room. Greg, you're right. You're over there somewhere. Put your hand up if you want to, to ask a question tonight. Greg's at the back with the microphone. We'll get him moving. Doesn't matter if you're near him. We'll get him running left and right. Get his fitness up. Perhaps get him into the matchday squad this year. Anything you want to ask to, to either Jonathan or Uber about the new season starting well, this coming weekend. 
think we need to work on that turn of pace, Greg. Hi, Yvette. Um, Hello. Just want to speak about the, um, the Adam Forshaw situation here. I know it's only just happened in the past few days, but... I didn't expect it, though. So I'll get straight in. Um, a lot's been said from, uh, from Brentford about uh, our approach and everything like that. I'm just wondering if there's any progress on it. Is, is it true? Are we actually after it? Yes. <laughs> now we put we put a second bid in. Um, it's also rejected. Um, that is where we are. Um, obviously, I work with with the player. Um, yeah, I I rate it very highly. Um, the players on the contract with Brentford. Um, I'm here tonight to talk about our players. Um, I only can confirm that we put a bit in. Um, we handle the situation professionally, like we always do. We have never commented on any bit. We have never leaked it to the press. We never comment about the player. We have never commented about their manager in any way. And I think I'll leave it that way. So that is our way, how we do, do business. And we will see how far we come. Brentford, you may call those bits unacceptable. Why, why would they use that word, do you think? <laughs> you want me, Jonathan? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't shy away. So um, I don't know. Um, I felt we um, evaluate the player uh, in terms of age, in terms of games played in the championship, games played in League One. We compare the player with players like um, Murphy, who went to Leeds, with Westwood, who went into the into the Premiership. Uh, we compared it with similar cases, and I felt we did we put out two very respectful bits who, in our opinion, uh, had been uh, very tempting before there was very tempting for Brentford. Obviously Brentford decided otherwise and that is totally in their right. So that is where we are. And uh, But I think we compared a bit with number players who went from League One into the Championship or Premiership and I think we was well above that. Let's take another question from the floor. If anyone seems to just put your your hands up on a broader note, John, about, about recruitment, could you shed any light where we are now in terms of recruitment? Almost there, or a couple of more pieces in the jigsaw you would like to fill? Um, I think probably Uber is probably better place to answer that one rather than me. But um, we signed six players uh, this season. We uh, welcomed Emma Hughes from Manchester City. Um, a very exciting talent, Welsh international. He started training with us today, um, and he's our sixth signing. We've obviously lost uh, Jordi Gomez, which was, which was a disappointment, a real blow, uh, because I think we've all come to love Jordi finally last season. Um, and of course, uh, John Bosajor decided to go back home to, to Chile in time for a club called Colo, Colo in Chile. Um, and again, that was a disappointment, but. Um, we feel that uh, overall, where we are now, as I said before, we're stronger. Um, but I think there is uh, still some work to do um, in, in building the squad that we were once. 
Um, as you've heard, we are interested in, in at least one player, um, and we we try to do our our transfer business um, as it should be, privately and confidentially, and only reveal exactly what's happening um, when we sign the player and he's signed on the dotted line. Uh, we feel that's the right way to do it. Um, of course, it's, it's more than three weeks to go in the transfer window, so no doubt it'll be fun and games before, before the 5th of August, uh, and I'm sure we've not seen uh, the end of transfer activity in Albany Magnetic. You love it, don't you, the last three weeks of Madness. <laughs> Where are you, Greg? Yes, sir. I'd like to ask the question, when the fixtures were released in June, um, five of the away fixtures for the longest distance, which are going to be played uh, midweek, or Fulham games going to be played on the Friday evening, did the club object to those games? Because as far as the club's concerned, it's not fair on the supporters, and also from the point of view of the team, there's less fans at the game, which obviously gives the home team a big advantage. Um, the first point I would say is that really it's difficult to object to fixtures. Once the fixtures are out there, they're, they're the fixtures that you get. Um, you can't say, well, we don't want to go to Brian on a Tuesday night or um, we'd like to go on a Saturday. Unfortunately, the fixtures are what they are. Um, Fulham was moved to Friday because of the ball race, um, and so we didn't have any say in that one either. Um, but I think it is, well, I know it's a deliberate um, strategy by the Football League to have the long uh, distance away games on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night rather than on a Saturday. And that's from feedback from football clubs who say that they prefer the local games, the, the derbies, the, the games within travelling distance for most of the fans to be weekends because that's when they can generate the highest attendance. So it is a deliberate strategy and when you, when you think about that I can understand it because We've got, like last season, Yeovil turned uh, away. Um, we're not going to take that many on a, on a Tuesday night, but we're not going to take considerably more on a Saturday. So I think, I think the feeling was, from the Football League, I think it's a trial for one season. Um, and, and I think that the, there is, a, there is a, a good reason for it, and, and I think um, it will generate more local games on a Saturday. Where, the, where there's more chance of more away fans going to the games, generate more atmosphere, and of course it's better for us. I'm sure you'll agree to play Blackburn and Blackpool and teams like that on a Saturday rather than a Tuesday night. I think we'll take more fans to those games. You know, as, as manager, when the fixture list comes out in June and you look at it for the first time in the office and possibly plan where you will be picking up points where the games may be tougher. Do you care who you play when and where? Because there's nothing you can do about it. I'm not the manager of this game. This game you get three points, then we go and get one, and there we will lose. I want to win every single game. And I'm not, I'm not counting those. I'm not, I'm not uh, going... Our league is too too competitive that we can that we can be we can say we're going to Blackpool or to other places and have guaranteed three points. Is, we have to fight for every inch. And uh, I think last season we have seen that. Um, we had a fantastic run when I came in and then and then we took the took a little bit of the of the pedal and then we lost uh, we got home a draw against Yogo 
and we lost home against Millwall, and we lost home against Blackpool before we had the best home records in that game. So that shows me we have to take every game serious. We have to put the freshest, the fittest, the most motivated players on the pitch every single game and um, to be competitive in our league. So just uh, come back on, on the question. Um, I hope I'm not jumping the gun on this one, but um, the, the good news is, despite the longer way it took on a Tuesday, is that we, we hope to have the facility, uh, it's a football league initiative, to actually show the games at the DW Stadium in the lounges. Um, if we've got a longer way game on, on a Tuesday night, um, it's not for every game, but certain games we'll be able to show the game as live uh, in the South Stand, for example. Uh, and that's something we're investigating at the moment. So the longer way it's on a Tuesday night. Obviously we don't want to dissuade our fans from, from travelling to these games, we'd rather you be there. But if, if that's a facility that we can put on, and we're looking to do that, um, that's what we'll do. Next question from the floor, where are you Greg? You're loitering in the back. Yes sir, the, uh, the Wigan shirt. Hello, good evening. Hello, are you there? Good evening. Can you please tell us why Grant Hall wasn't in the squad that went to Germany, and have you any plans to get rid of him? <laughs>
and uh, to refer to Terry, um, he did uh, ask the same question uh, a year ago about uh, about signing uh, strikers that were perhaps uh, a little bit older than we normally do. Um, and, uh, and I did say to him, well, you know, one was his right and one was his wrong, so it looks like you were right, Terry. <laughs> um, but no, when managers change, obviously the, the, the types of, the style of football that we play changes and certain players suit certain managers and certain managers perhaps um, concentrate more on, on, on the recruitment of the players to suit the style of football. Um, to refer to, to Owen this time last year, um, I don't want to dwell on the past, but we had a, a very small squad um, before the season started and we, we worked hard to get 12 new players in. We've done really well with all 12 would have worked. Um, and Grant was the player that we signed to, to score us the goals to get back in the Premier League. Um, and we all felt that, um, or most of us. And uh, and I think that it's a shame it's not worked out last season. I still feel that uh, at, at 33, um, I think Grant Holt will is an asset uh, and and has a, a value. Um, so it's a it's a problem that is part of football, I should say, George, and, and we'll deal with it. I'm sure we'll find a solution uh, before the season starts. So the lesson new they seem to be, if you want to stay longer than a year, don't come and do these fans forums. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where are you, Gregory? There we go. I wasn't going to ask the question actually, but uh, never mind. An easy one for you, you there. When we played the Siskas, whatever we call it. Uh, the Shiktas. Okay. Uh, why did you... Move the technical, uh, change the technical area. You swap places. Is that going to be something for the whole season, or just a one-off? Yes, it's going to be for the whole season. What did you do, just remind us? Um, I was thinking the linesman is closer to my bench, and I can <laughs> I can have now and then a quiet word with him. But probably could help us now as. I think you're playing sometimes with, with things around. I've had um, it's a new season, a new start. Uh, it's true. I felt last season that the opposition bench had a very much influence on the linesman, um, and I felt we playing whole. We should have that advantage. That is one of the reasons. Yeah. Very good question, sir. Very well answered as well. Uh, more questions from the floor? Yes, sir. Question from the right hand side. Good evening, This year's championship is going to be very competitive. Uh, Present company accepted with ourselves. Who do you expect, in your own opinion, is going to be challenging with us? Um, I think managers always saying the next season will be the hardest ever. Uh, but then you see what the amount of money has been spent so far. And uh, knowing all the whispers and rumors what's going around and what that might happen next few weeks for certain clubs, um, I think next season will be very, very competitive. Um, I think the clubs who came from underneath, from League One, they are much, in my opinion, 
that will not go down as it moves is a Brentford that will not go down. Uh, Rotherham will be uh, very, very tough at, the, at their home place to beat. So clubs like the three, the three clubs who came down anyway, they, they are must be called favourites. Darby's Middlesbrough have a have a sort of relationship a little bit with Chelsea. They will get more Chelsea players in um, to sooner and uh, uh, closer we come to the season. Um, Forest is one of the strongest squads. Now they sold two players, but I think they have, to, they have the money to replace them. So it will be a very, very tough league. And I think I told my players all the time, I said, don't worry. Uh, because when we had that defeat in Dusseldorf, I said, we're not preparing only for the first game of the season, we're preparing for the 10 months. And I think that is needed to be 10 months competitive. And you saw last year with Burnley and Leicester, and they didn't have big up and down through the season. It was very stable and had a fitness level and a, and, a, and a level of organization and camaraderie and spirit in their team that carried them through 10 months. That is a little bit where we want to be and what we want to achieve. And I think when we, when we get that and um, get maybe one or two additions who really can improve us on the top of the pyramid, I think we have a very good chance. Uwe, as a, as a manager at this level, you've obviously displayed, displayed a, a very good, very strong knowledge of all the other teams, the other clubs in your league, which you have to do. How much time do you have to spend as manager of this football club learning about the teams you, you've just outlined there and who the rivals will be, how they play, who their big players are, what threat they pose you? I think that was a real problem when I came to the club because I've been in League One. So I had prepared for a general transfer window for League One players for Brentford. So unexpectedly, I came to Wigan Athletic. And um, then I had to look for players in a completely different shelf. Uh, I needed to see first what I had available. And um, it, was a, it was a very tricky situation for me because uh, we needed to start winning games immediately to make it happen to end up in the playoffs. But now I got stuff in, I got uh, head of recruitment in, I got a chief scout in, I got my people around me now who I trust completely in terms of match analysis, opposition analysis, um, player analysis. So last season we had 62 games obviously but that you understand I cannot watch every opposition the week before or I relying on the feedback of people who I can trust and now I have those people in place what allows me then to also focus in a lot of my players because I believe I want to focus mostly on us because we have to be dominant and we have to win games uh, and, we, and another opposition has to look after us so we not have to look too much after another opposition so that is my the way I want to go into the season. Obviously we do our homework, we can be, we be very respectful to any team we play against, but the main focus is about us. It's a very interesting point actually, isn't it, Jonathan? You, you bring in a, a clearly very talented, hard-working manager, but, but from a different league. So his, his knowledge, his expertise, is of the players and the clubs in that league. Is that something you were considering when, when making the appointment? 
Well, he didn't do too bad, did he, really? <laughs> um, I think he would have had uh, the average points that we had on the Juve um, all season would have uh, been promoted automatically. So, clearly, Juve hit, hit the ground running, and, and I think that's testament to the work he did at the training ground with the same sets of players that we had in the first part of the season. Um, and so it, it, is, it, it is a consideration because it's a big part of the game now. A huge part of the game is the detail that goes into studying opponents, studying opposition players, um, making sure the players are fit, making sure the players uh, avoid injury or recover from injury as soon as possible. So the backroom team um, around the manager is so important these days. One of the days when it was a manager and, uh, and Kenny Banks sat next to him. It's, these days it's, it's all about the team. Um, and um, we have to compete against our rivals um, to make sure that we, we get that 1% extra uh, from our players because that can make all the difference between uh, being promoted to the Premier League and staying in the Championship. Uh, it's a balance of course because we have to make sure that the uh, finances stack up and um, you know, we have to ensure that uh, we can afford to get the best team around Uber but that's, that's what I feel we've done uh, and, uh, and, and, and as I say that's, that's very very important to the manager and, and to this club. I think it's also important, I would add that <clears throat> I said all the time to, to my players that is the longer we stay in the championship, the more we have to adapt to life in the championship. You know, and uh, this club did a fantastic job to be eight years in the Premiership, and last season was for some players a little culture shock. The football league, the football league is different, and we all want to get out of this football league as soon as possible, and. Uh, but we have to also, what Jonathan says, we want to be as best prepared, we want to have the best staff, we want to have the best players. But we also have to adapt life in the championship and the parachute payment gets lower each year. So when you see the recruitment we did this year, we couldn't afford to have two experienced, established left-backs. We could have one and then we had to bring in a younger one. It's the same on the right back position. We had to bring in a younger one. And that is adjusting life to championship. Yeah? And that is our job now with the expertise we have in our coaching team and fitness department to develop those young players to take over natural from the ones who are now in front of them. Yeah? And that, that, that is for me important to tell the fans. We have to adapt to life in the championship, yeah, because we we run this football club in a responsible way, yeah. We want to go up; that's our dream. But we have to be responsible to you guys as well, because this football club should stay on for decades. How fierce is your own ambition to manage in the Premier League? Yeah, that is all what I want to do. Um, I felt uh, when this offer from Wigan Athletic came, uh, I think that was, for me, that is what I wanted. This club, after I've spoken to the chairman, after I've spoken to Jonathan, um, gave me everything what I was looking for. Plus the fact that I could live home again with my family. Um, 
and I think, and I'm still think the same. Um, I think the club is bugging me, uh, the chairman is bugging me. We, we have money, we, we spent money so far, but I think we spent it wisely. We got a lot of uh, younger players, we got Bosman players, but we also spent good money on Oriol Vieira. Um, we have a, a respectful building for Adam Forshaw. So I think we, we are on the way to put a very competitive team in for this season, but also for the next year already. Um, I'd like to work uh, under those circumstances. Um, like I had to work with Brentford. Brentford was a clear three-year plan. I'm not saying that he has a three-year plan, but I had to develop players to a level where they can win promotion. And here now I have a very... I still have an experienced squad of players, but I have now my duty is the younger ones who are coming in to develop them, to push the older ones to a level, to a new level, what is needed to promotion. And uh, the short line of communication to Jonathan, the short line of communication to the chairman, that is what I want. I don't want to go to the sporting director, to the board, and then to the, and then to the chairman, and no decisions will be made. Here is a clear line of short ways and we can make decisions quick when it's needed. Um, I think that is important. Um, I enjoy myself. Um, comes a new training scout in the future, but it was a fantastic uh, stage for us to move on, not only for the first team, also for the academy. So the future looks bright in our football club. More questions from the floor for Uber and Jonathan. Yes, sir, the lime green. Well, you make, can I just thank you for all you did for us last season. Yeah, it was a great season in such a short time. I think it's a lot of Thank you. Thank you. Uh, question. How long is Sean Maloney one of you? Is he... Is he no, Sean, um, Sean is, a, is a massive, big player for me this season. And uh, he's back in train today for... He will be available for us on the weekend. Um, I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he will start because I think he's a little bit behind. But he's back, full fit. Uh, came through today, 90 minutes. Uh, good session, a hard session. He came through it, no problem. I think he is to keep Shaw on the field, keep him healthy, keep him um, a light in his head. I think that's a that's a, a big challenge because he is so influential in our offensive play. He can make us click, he can make he can, he can create things against teams who stay steep, putting a lot of people behind the ball. Uh, he's, he's massively important for us. Totally agree. Do you see him behind the, the front striker or sometimes you play like... Uh, we have two systems we worked on the whole summer, uh, like we also finished last season, the main system 4-3-3 and uh, alternative system 3-5-2 and 4-3-3 uh, is probably playing on the left, coming in on his right foot, um, or he plays in a 4-2-3-1 just behind the striker. In the four in the three five two he's playing as one of the three midfield, so we have to get him in the centre of our play. We have to give him the ball as much as we can to to get his talent out. And finally, how did you get so much out of Yanni Gomez? But no other mind you could do. <laughs> you know I think I'll rate him as a player, but uh, 
he's always seen slow, no sprint in him, but you seem to get something extra out of him. First of all, I got excited to work with Jordi because I think Jordi is an extremely good footballer. He, he understands football and uh, he thinks about football. Uh, I had many discussions with him, which is footballing discussions, and I enjoyed that because I learned from him. And uh, obviously for him it was important to buy in in our philosophy, at times to play quick and move quick. And, uh, um, obviously we replicated that in our training session and he never missed training, he was always on training and, uh, and he understood that that regime will benefit his way of play and, and I think that happened and in general like Jonathan said we offered him a, a good contract we felt Jordi was very happy with the offer but obviously we couldn't compete with the Premier League offer and uh, we all we all were sad to see him go, because I think going forward he could have been uh, a very important player for us. Uh, because he, has, he, he can create goals, he can score goals, and he has the football knowledge to make a game quick and maybe sometimes slow it down, and what is important. But we wish him all the best. He, I think as long as I was here, he was a very good servant for the football club. And uh, obviously you respected him as well, you, you made him player of the year, and we wish him all the best. Yes, of course, it's as simple as that. Jody uh, would have stayed with us if we'd have done a Premier League. He, he really enjoyed playing his football here. Um, he'd been here five years uh, under three different managers. And, uh, and, I, and I do believe we did see the rest of him last season. He was a top championship player. He was a match winner. Um, and we really, really did push hard to keep him here. Um, of course, as you say, we can't compete with Premier League wages, and, and that's a fact of life at the moment. And uh, unfortunately, we have to go. Um, our job now is to make sure we replace Jordan and Jordan's goals uh, this season uh, and make us stronger. Greg, you've gone to another postcode by the looks of it over there. Rise of the back, yes, sir. Hi. Um, the two teams that got automatic promotion last year, um, Burnley and Leicester. They had um, quite potent strike forces in terms of sort of 30 goals across their two front two. Um, my question was how important do you think it is to have um, a goal scorer that can sort of hit 20 goals a season? Um, and have we got that goal scorer in our ranks? And if not, where do we see the goals coming from this year? Has the microphone gone again? Yes. No, it's back. You were just drifting uh, back to your days as a striker, weren't you? That's what no, I, no, I didn't want to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt last year we were missing that sort of player. Um, uh, last season we, in many games we dominated the games, but we had a lot of momentum in the final third. We crossed a lot of balls into the box, but we never really had that culture in the box, that box player who comes on the end of it. Um, we very seldom scored goals in the six-yard box, and uh, we scored uh, spectacular goals. We, we, we scored some of the combination goals we scored was was breathtaking. But the easy goals, the goals uh, you should normally get easier, we never got. And I think 
We erected, we sold up, we brought Oriol in, Oriol Yara, who I believe is that sort of box player. He's attacking crosses, he is very good in the box. Um, he's not a counter-attack player, but he is a player who knows where the goal stays and he has the instinct for goals. It's completely right what you said uh, with Leicester and, and Burnley. Um, we're looking around, we looked around and we got our yard and we're still looking around. But you also have to see um, what sort of players are available. When you want to have a proven, proven championship goal scorer, you have to pay over 20 grand each week and you have to pay between 3 and 11 million pounds. So, and that answers your question. So the market for strikers is completely over overheated and um, we have to find other solutions. Yeah, and we looked at the Grabben, Grabben had only one, one successful season, he cost it 3 million and 25 grand a week. Yeah. McCormack, you know about McCormack, we looked at Ochoa, Brighton, out of our range. So there are certain players we can't afford, and um, but we have to find solutions because the difference between going up and not going up is goals. We need to score more goals, and we need to we need to find a way uh, for our good play, our our dominance we have at times to result in more goals, and that is what we're working on. Jonathan, you must enjoy hearing that from a manager who clearly has his head screwed on and will not come to you, knowing that. The, the price is overinflated for a striker. He, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Well, absolutely, yes. And, and of course, there's a limit to what we can afford. And uh, we're in the bottomless pockets, unfortunately. Um, Fulham, uh, Norwich have got an advantage on us because they've got higher parachute payments and they had higher, higher income last year from the Premier League than we did the season before. Uh, so, as, as Uber says, we have to do it in, in a different way. But I think to get a player that scored 13 goals in La Liga last season uh, for just over £2 million, um, I think is a really good purchase. Um, we'll find out in the coming weeks. And certainly in pre-season, it looks a really good prospect. It looks like he's going to score the goals for us. Um, and as Uber says, goals, wins with promotion. So, it's important that we get the right players in, but of course, we have to do it within, within our financial structure, as every club does. Uh, and some of the uh, prices that's being paid for, for strikers these days in the Championship shows how desperate people are to get promoted because in our view um, they are paying more than the value of the player but that's, that's up to them really and we have to compete against that uh, but I think that collectively as a team and with our manager um, we'll be right up there. I think it's also important when you're playing a 4-3-3 that the wide players have to contribute with more goals and I I think Khaled in one of them, he probably had his best pre-season he had ever. I think he looks very good, he's fit, he's ready to go, he, he knows it's a very important season for him. Um, and the terms of... very well with that. No, I know. <laughs> Sabotage. <laughs> no, I think I expect a lot from Callum. Um, um, he, he has to really prove himself this season 
from being a player who plays most in home games and not so much in away games. And, um, like he did last year, he really have to nail down his place. And I asked him to do his homework in the summer. What he did, he came back in a in a, in a shape. What I was hoping for, I didn't expect it, but I was hoping for. <laughs> and obviously he did. Uh, but made me very happy for a change. Um, and he came through a, a hard pre-season with no injury problems and he did all the games and he had got a lot of minutes and, and I expect from the wider areas and from midfield as well, from midfield more goals, more willingness, more willingness to attack the box and having James McArthur will be used in the end of the season more as a number six as a holder in midfield because Ben was out, Chris McCann was out um, when we get him, James McArthur high up in the pitch, he's capable of scoring 10 goals a season. Do you give your players targets in terms of goals? Do you say you need to get me 10 goals, 15 goals? <laughs> I did it last year with Adam Forshaw. <laughs> I said, you have to score eight goals and we win promotion. And he scored eight. And they won promotion. So I will tell the same thing to James McArthur and tell him in Manuel then. Thank uh, first of all, uh, Jonathan, thanks for listening to the spectators for the uh, Queen's Park Rangers game regarding the uh, coaches. You uh, are we looking to get some loan players in, uh, possibly going back for Powell again? Who had, had a really good start to his time at Wigan, and alright, things went a bit pear shit, but he was a good lad, but he just lost his way. Uh, first part of your question yes, we go back to the loan market. Uh, because there will be players available who can help us after the transfer window will close. That is the advantage of being in the football league. And Nick, I think Nick was one of, is one of the most talented players I ever worked with. I think when I came to the football club, Nick was fantastic. He played very well for me. Uh, he contributed with goals. His work, his work ethic was was very very good in games. Uh, in training, sometimes I closed one high, uh, but in games I felt he was he was phenomenal, phenomenal physical attributes and technical attributes for a player. Um, then he got injured, Middlesbrough, and then he struggled after comeback. I felt the injury took too long time. Um, and then after he came back, he struggled to find his form. He lost a little bit his confidence and he lost a little bit his focus and his concentration. And that is where things didn't went to plan. Um, I still rate Nick Powell very highly. Unfortunately, we couldn't get him right for the end of the season where we really, really needed him. And um, that was a shame. Um, we see what is out there. Uh, we always, uh, we always looking after 125 players out there, permanently. We've had to say 120, so we're looking after 125 permanently. 
and evaluating the market and uh, that is obviously still an interesting prospect. We'll do another 15 minutes or so, so if there is anything you want uh, to, to ask, get your hand up and now is the time, we'll get Greg really doing some, some relay runs for the last 15 minutes or so, yes, a young lady on the left. Um, we have to uh, cancel one of our pre-season friendlies because we had uh, a lot of players injured. What does it look like injury-wise for the start of the season? How is the injury situation you've heard at the moment? Yes, I think it's uh, getting much better. So I think we we could have played the game, but uh, the game was always planned. The main games in Germany was a Saturday, Düsseldorf, Friday, Paderborn, and on a Tuesday was planned for the for the players who had not started both of either of the both games to give them match minutes. So, but we came to a point that we couldn't have. Uh, a second 11 for that game so basically the guys should have played another game on the top of it I felt there was too much um, we apologised to them I saw their CEO of the club and uh, he made an arrangement I think that was precautionary now and uh, James Agarpa's back Cowrie's um, back Maloney's back Kropkinen is back Chris McCann is trained today, but he's not available for the game on Saturday, but he is in, in training now with us. Um, so we have everybody, Andrew Taylor is back, so we have more or less everybody available now. Very positive answer. Who else have we got? Where are we? Right. <laughs> Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, my question regarding the goalkeepers was, do you have first choice in mind? Because I think we've got three goalkeepers that can reserve the number one this season. I think uh, it will go between Ali and, uh, and Scott. Um, both them uh, being in goal this season, equally amount of match minutes. Um, I had a good look at them over the six and a half weeks or six weeks till now. I will speak to them both on Friday and um, then we will make a decision for the first game. You'll make a decision that way? You don't know already? <laughs> I know for the first game, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I have to speak to my players first. I think there is a control of respect. I think that's absolutely fair enough. Yes, sir. Thank you, gents. Um, which, uh, in terms of your playing style, which was your uh, favourite game uh, last season? Which, did you, which game did you feel that you played exactly to your style? The one game from last yeah, year, I thought, yes, that was it. Yeah. I was very surprised how, how quick the team took what I wanted that we played both in the first 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes against Bolton at home, I felt it was magnificent. It was 2 0 up. Was, I think we, we steamrolled them in every way. Unfortunately, after 35 minutes, we ran out of steam. <laughs> 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 so I didn't expect it that. <laughs> I think uh, Reading Home, Reading Home uh, was a, in many ways a game where, where I felt he looked very, very strong. 
away from home, uh, Forest are uh, going to be very compact and very good on the counter attack. I think Ipswich we have been uh, against a very difficult place to go. Uh, we look very good. Uh, I think we had two other games in the FA Cup where we completely, not completely, but uh, the game plan was different. We played a possession game in our own half, uh, knowing that the opposition probably will not pressure us. We run down the clock and I think that it worked very well against Manchester City and Arsenal, against teams who normally people will not give us a chance. And uh, we reach the semi-finals and missed out on penalties. So there's a, there was a lot of positive things. Uh, I felt when we lost Ben Watson and when we lost Chris McCann, I think we suffered a little bit in midfield. We didn't have the, the mix, the combination of football and power and energy, what is needed in that league. Um, we, we had to adjust a different style of play. In the end of the season we had players in midfield, it was Jordi, there was uh, Maloney, there was Josh McEachern, Jim Collins, there's completely different players in my opinion than Chris McCann. So we needed to find a way to use those players the best possible way for us. That is why we also felt we needed to be pulled in the first centre half to play, build up more from the back, to get those players more on the ball. Um, and I was thinking behind it and um, in general, I would like to, to play uh, a good mix between powerful, quick transition football, but also short, quick passes, especially forward passes. I'm not so interested to have a lot of amount of possession deep in our own half. I would like to have possession in the opposition half, and I'd like to have to win the ball high up in the field, like we did, for example, against uh, Bolton. Uh, where we forced the opposition to mistakes in their half by pressurizing collectively. But to do that, you need a higher level of fitness and you need 11 players, not only 10, 11 players to keep included, uh, to be willing to, to work in that style. We'll take a few more, so get your arm in the air. A couple down here, gentlemen at the back as well, just keep your arm up, we'll get get the microphone round as quick as we can over the next ten minutes or so. Yes, sir, at the front. Well, as a result of listening to your answers, you've got an impossible job. You don't get paid enough. Because you've got to be a manager, a coach, a motivator, uh, a counsellor, as a result of what you said about Jordan Thomas. You've got to be an accountant, because you have to keep an eye on the balance sheet. You've got to be a medical man, because of the injuries. You've got to be diplomatic. The way how you answer the question about the unemployment, you made a really bad news sign. Can you tell that Jonathan, please? Jonathan, you're listening. My wife. He wants the microphone back there. <laughs> you should have said that because I actually said three seats away from you. <laughs> okay. And what's she like doing again? Oh, he wants the microphone back again now. She sometimes brings along with you know, Colin Bell. And um, so, uh, somebody's got the job. Uh, it's a 
no reason whatsoever. Good. <laughs> 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 There's a gentleman at the back, and uh, he's down here, so keep running around. Is it, is it tough to get the, the work family balance when your job is so demanding? It's a problem, not just. I think for me, um, obviously. Um, one of my biggest aims is to be obviously as successful as I can be, but also to be a good husband. And I think you combine that both and find that time and use that limited time you have to have quality time. I mean, that's a big challenge in my profession. But I have a very understanding family who support me through everything and allow me to go ahead with my dream. Question for you there again. Um, you just mentioned briefly about the uh, FA Cup result against Manchester City. Um, just wanted to know what it felt like for you yourself going back to them uh, so early in your career uh, after spending so long as a, a player there. First and foremost, was a game of football where I wanted to measure myself with my team against the best in the country. And I think my players did tremendously well. And I felt. And that game that had shown me really the potential that was in that team. You know what we had delivered there. And um, obviously there's a history between me and the club. Uh, but I, I was just focused so much on, on preparing my team and get a result. I, I, I was thinking we get to get a result there. Um, Graham Burroughs helped me a lot with the tactics. Uh, spoke a lot about the tactics Roberto had against uh, City and we, we copied one or two things but we also had elements from our way of thinking in there and uh, I think the whole package plus the fact that the players really enjoyed themselves going to the Etihad and really enjoyed themselves to play that game that made it a, a fantastic win for us and uh, in the end Probably got cost us in terms of maybe winning promotion. This FA Cup because the Arsenal game took so much out of us um, in terms of physic physicality. We had to go 120 minutes. We had to do one more than them um, in terms of mentally uh, going through a penalty shootout, being at Wembley get the goal eight, we was eight minutes away from, from going into the final and then losing on penalties. So mentally and physically that game that took massively out of us. Um, you could see also the results after the results did. Um, and that shows the character of the team to come back. We, we looked like we, was, we worked so hard to come into the playoffs and then at some stage we looked like well, what happened now, we, we can fall out again. And then the, the mental strength that we worked hard again and we, we got the win against Birmingham, but I felt it was, was a, a great win. And then in the playoff is always a little bit of a lottery, but we, 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 I think we, over two legs, I really felt it was the better team. We should have been tuning up in the game, we should have won the game, won the home, and QBI had no chance whatsoever. We had three good chances. Uh, on that level you need also a little bit of luck and you see QPR completely outplayed from Derby and one chance bang goal and win the checkpoint so 
I think the team, you have to give the players enormously credit for 62 games throughout 10 months and, and, and make up that ground. I think, and this cup run is a fantastic achievement from the player. We'll take three more and then let the guys go and have a break and have a drink. So here we go. Yes, sir. Hi, question for you, Ve. Um, after James McLean's performance last season away at QPR, where he's immense up front with his work rate and his battling, is there any thoughts to maybe convert him into a permanent striker? I, I said in the beginning, I said we 4-3-3, then obviously James is competing on the left-hand side, and when we play 3-5-2, James is definitely the option for us up front. I think he's not only shown that in the in the game against QPR, I felt when we played away uh, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, when the game was called off, by the way, that was a very good game as well. I thought he was excellent on the day. He played up front in the two. Um, James is a very energetic player. I think sometimes he's like a, a wild horse. You just need to unleash him and <laughs> let him run. So I think when he plays in the two up front, he, is, he feels more free. When he plays on the side, he's probably a little bit restricted because of his position. Um, I think uh, James is giving us this pace, what we need in our team, this pace and directness, and uh, obviously we miss him. Uh, he is he's not fit for the start of the season. Um, he twisted his ankle, what can happen, uh, but we will see him soon back. Well, I'd like to be described as a wild horse, <laughs> just in life generally. Uh, but also a question, gentlemen at the back in the black uh, question. After QPR last year, it was all better to say, but how did you as a manager pick your own players up from that? Uh, I was in the, in, the, in the dressing room, I think everybody was, was down because I think we, we worked very, very hard. And, um, in that moment, um, you not find always the right words. Uh, I think everybody needed to go away on holiday to overcome the situation. I I had that situation the year before in Brentford, so um, um, I was I was stood there had my head down and Sean Maloney came to me. Come don't worry, we get it right, don't you? <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on, we get it right. And I was thinking, oh my God. You know, so players console you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. I mean, players come back from holiday, and and I felt they are ready to go again. So, um, I see the tension rising. I saw a better performance against Paderborn, and now today it was a good training, and I think we are ready to go again. Right, final question for the floor. You better make it a good one. <laughs> I just wondered, are you um, put the argument the penalty to everything else and going to decide? That is a good question. Power going first. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, Sorry. Is that hard for? Is that hard for managers? Because no, the players you may want. You may have a list in your head. They have to want to step up and do it. People ask me why you're not at practice penalties before you play Arsenal. And I was thinking, 
the last thing I should worry going into a semi-final at Wembley against Arsenal is about penalty. Of course, I had to pray. I had only three days or four days to prepare. I needed I had to prepare about the shape, about tactical things, and, and I'm not saying it. I played myself a little bit, but I had not had put another half an hour to it. But I always felt with that amount of games, I wanted to just get the main points across. And to be honest, I didn't thought that would be a case. I thought we win in the 19. <laughs> Yeah, I know he scored for the penalty spot, but obviously uh, Jordi had missed two penalties before that. He took the one, he was not supposed to take it in the game. There was another player, but he took it, and I said, okay, he takes responsibility, and he converted. But I felt if Gary was fresh, everybody else was fatty, especially Jordi, who had, who had to run a lot in midfield, and to cover a lot of ground, and I felt, okay, I get mentally strongest player we probably have in Gary and uh, fresh and he was ready this is that was what I was thinking Just let him start yeah I'm not blaming any player whatsoever um, you always in hindsight you always can can say you do things different uh, but that was the thinking behind but I to be honest I've not put training session on to to, to do penalties before the QPR game, we had we had training sessions. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> but um, we couldn't make it into the penalties. I fancy this gentleman thinks he might be sitting in the seat himself next year. <laughs> uh, just as a very final thought from me, we're almost there, both you and John at the start of the season. I can sense everyone inside the marquee here at the CW is, is buzzing for it, cannot wait to get going again. Just as a final thought to get us really excited, it's two minutes, two minutes before kickoff. You've said what you need to say to your players, you're getting ready to come out, you're taking your seat and we're ready to go. I want to know what your emotions are, what you are thinking at two minutes to three o'clock. I would just like everyone in this room, my heart will be pumping, I'll be excited, I'll be looking forward to a fantastic season this season, in the last season. The support from, from you guys uh, was, was amazing, from, from Oldwell to Loftus Road and, and Russia and Slovenia in between, it was amazing. And thank you all for coming out tonight, uh, supporting with Athletics, supporting Joseph's goal, really appreciate it. Um, but this Saturday it starts again for real and I think just going back to the previous question uh, I was sitting in the tunnel at Loftus Road after we got knocked out and after Keith had finished celebrating and Gary Colwell came over to the dressing room and he said to me right Jonathan the season next season starts right now and I think that's the mentality that we've taken right from that game we put it behind us straight away we knew we were that close to being in the Premier League and this season we intend to go that one step further and give you a season to be proud of. And those final moments for you, the gaffer, before the first match of the season where you can 
you can say no more and do no more, it's up to the players. Just give us an insight into how that feels for you as you make your way out of the tunnel and take your seat in the dugout and, and the new technical area. I think before the first game you probably have to calm down the players a little bit because they have worked now for six and a half weeks extremely hard and uh, uh, the majority of the players are good prepared uh, in terms of not only for the rating but also for 10 months and um, it's just to calm them down and focusing on the one or two or three points we have and just play our way of football and uh, I think there's a general belief that we can do it uh, I think we had the same belief last season and I think nothing has changed and um, I think we have a strong score and everybody's on board and I think we have a camaraderie uh, what, we, what we guide us through difficult patches throughout the season and uh, that belief and strength that the players should show going out against Ray and uh, play the football we can play and um, just enjoy themselves. I always say play football with enjoyment and uh, show what you can do. Ladies and gentlemen, they've been absolutely fabulous company this evening. I'm sure you'll all wish them the very best for the start of the new season, which is almost here. Uh, we will carry on, of course, with an auction, a raffle and a quiz as well. But for now, please show your, your gratitude, appreciation and wish good luck to uh, Latics, to the executive Jonathan Jackson and the Gaffer Hugo Russell.